havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Well, it was starting to look doubtful for a while, but we've got a new edition of the Reek and Havoc podcast. I'm Tim Lambert. We had former defenseman Andy Williger lined up until an unexpected conflict arose. We'll talk to him next week for an upcoming episode. This week, however, former forward Michael Sullivan answered my last-minute cry for help and agreed to join us for a visit. That, Coach Stu Steffen's pick of the pack, and a look at this weekend's games are coming up on the Reekin' Havoc podcast. The Reekin' Havoc podcast. One of the worst feelings you can have is that of being stranded. Well, BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair makes that a thing of the past. With 24-7 towing services and roadside assistance in the northern Alabama and southern Tennessee areas. But that's not all. They also offer truck and trailer repair, mobile welding, brake service and repair, new and used tires, and other major and minor repairs. Their name says it all. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. For 24-7 response, call 497-8234. That's 497-8234. BT's Towing, Tire, and Truck Repair. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt or hoodie or apron or even an iPhone case. Just go to daddyoscustomtees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to daddyoscustomtees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S, custom, T-E-E-S, dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back or front. Athens Utilities comprises Athens Electric, Athens Gas, and Athens Water Services. Together, we are committed to providing reliable and affordable electricity, natural gas, and water and wastewater services. We operate as part of the city of Athens, and just like our city's motto of Athens is classic, southern, character, we believe in supporting what makes our community special. Call 233-8750, come by our office at 508 South Jefferson Street, or look for the link online at AthensAL.us. Let's go in the slot. This week we feature former Havoc forward Mike O'Sullivan, who was gracious enough to give me some 11th hour help when I was in dire need of a guest. I spoke to him this morning. I'll just start, like I start with everybody, with the Mike O'Sullivan story. Where are you from? Siblings, family, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, yeah, I'm from uh, Dorchester, Massachusetts. Uh, I have an older brother, and uh, older brother Billy O'Sullivan, and my parents, uh, Danny and Denise. Uh, basically, just grew up in the city of Boston, and uh, not really too much. I mean, I just played hockey growing up my whole entire life, and Basically battled all the teams through the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, up, up there in Massachusetts, you know, folks are, are take a look at us kind of dreading the the really cold weather that's coming here in a couple of days and go, eh, hold my beer, you know. So. Yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, I just played like basically baseball and golf, I guess. I mean, not really competitively as much. I mean, it just like in the summer times, I play there's other sports other than hockey, but I'd always still play hockey in the summer with oh. like different organs, like hockey night in Boston and stuff like that. Okay. It was just like different leagues that we used to play at just to basically play once a week during, during the summertime, just to skate a little bit, but never like practice or anything like that. Just basically games that had referees there and it's from other high schools that basically you'd play uh, some guys from other teams. Like they'd have, always have like some, some guys from some teams would be playing on the, all the same. And then you get thrown in with other teams. You know what I mean? It was just basically a competitive summer league. Okay. With just in the summer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how old were you when you started playing hockey? Uh, when I started playing hockey, I started skating when I was like two and a half. Because the rink was right down the street from my house, which yeah. is always nice. Because anytime there was free ice or anything, my my dad was my coach growing up. One of one of my coaches growing up, just through like till like I was a squirt, and then once I got old enough that he was like, okay, yeah, it's time for you to 
get other coaches more or less. Yeah. And yeah. So anytime like, and he was always down the rink and he always coached squirts basically until I think he stopped coaching like maybe not even seven, eight years ago or something like that. So he's stuck doing that the whole time. Just stayed with the Dorchester youth hockey program. And basically anytime there was free ice, he'd say, yep, come on down. And then we'd go skate at the, when a team didn't show up or something. And we always have free ice and, we, so anytime we could get on the ice, all my friends, we'd all go and have a big big game on the ice. Okay. When it got cold, and when it got real cold, though, we'd go to a pond or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was going to ask you what drew you to hockey, but I imagine your dad had something to do with it, and I guess the proximity of 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 it all. Well, uh, hockey in Dorchester was always pretty big because of uh, the O'Sullivan. Like one of the O'Sullivan families is a big family in Dorchester that – like Chris O'Sullivan, he ended up playing for like uh, like Boston University, and then went on to the NHL. And then Stephanie O'Sullivan was like one of the better women's hockey players, and she ended up being like a Hall of Famer at Providence College. And they there was a, I think there was eleven of them, but they all played hockey. So it was basically throughout Dorchester, everybody, hockey was just big and. <laughs> Anytime we could play, and it was like we'd always get to skate with like the older guys. And now they actually run an academy, like a O'Sullivan Hockey Academy. Okay. And so it's pretty big. It's pretty big at home. Hockey is anyway, and always has been. And that kind of just drove me to it. I mean, my brother played growing up, and my dad actually never really played hockey. He was always like a baseball player, oh. but my grandfather played. But my grandfather played hockey, and I always just kind of looked up to my brother when he was playing because he was always older. And then he went on to play like at Boston Latin Academy, which is a division three public school. But I always wanted to play somewhere else. I always, by growing up, I wanted to play division one, which is much better. And I ended up going to Archbishop Williams high school, which was a division one, pretty, pretty good division one high school. So that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I guess with the name O'Sullivan, you were just kind of expected to play hockey. Uh, I, I guess, I, I guess to an extent, but not, uh, yeah, to yeah, to a, to an extent, I guess. But it was always just, I just love, I just always loved it, and I just stuck with it. I guess, okay. I guess you can say. Okay, all right. Now you said you played yeah. played some baseball and golf. Do you think you did? You ever think you might want to make a run at another sport other than hockey? Uh, or maybe uh, in addition to uh, but yeah see in high school I ended up playing uh, golf like on the golf team at school because it was after hockey and it was I just like golf and you could basically play free golf after school every day so <laughs> that's what I did okay but once yeah once it got to a point like I knew hockey was the sport I was going to stick with I, like golf became more of a hobby I guess you can say okay and but uh, yeah, then when like after high school, it came to like being. I went to prep school for a year to play the uh, play hockey, and we had to play two sports at prep school. So I played golf then, but I ended up playing on the junior varsity team because on varsity you have to stay there for the weekends, and I didn't want to stay at the prep school. Like it's ba- it's basically boarding school if you don't know what that is. But yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to stay there on the weekends because I went to Winchin and the Winchin and school, and that was out in western part of massachusetts and i didn't want to stay there on the weekend so i i just played junior varsity and always came home okay <laughs> to hang out with all my friends and everything okay yeah i wouldn't want to yeah. either um uh, and yeah. you know baseball hockey and golf you, you you've got a stick in your hand with with one sport or another so yeah i still stick with golf though yeah <laughs> <laughs> i still i still play i still play golf quite a bit <laughs> yeah i haven't talked yeah. to too many too many players who did play baseball Growing up, uh, they always talk about going out on the golf course and never going out and hitting any baseball. So, yeah, yeah. See, I became once in a while since I've been in Huntsville for a while now. I mean, I, I'm a member up at the Valley Hill Country Club, so I, I go up there quite a bit. Now. Oh, okay. Uh, were yeah. you, were you always a forward? Uh, uh, always, yeah, I was always a forward because I was always usually the smaller guy on my team. <laughs> so, okay. Like, I mean, I, I didn't really hit a growth spurt at all until I basically went to high school. Like, going into high school, I was, like, four foot 11, like, 92 pounds. So it was – it took me a little bit, but then I kind of 
gain, I, I guess I gained like, yeah. I guess you can say yeah. 60 pounds, 60 pounds and grew seven inches in the next two years. Uh, oh, okay. And that kind of, that kind of helped out. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever want to play any other position? Uh, no, I always, I was always a center like growing up because I always played with like basically my best friend is, was always like my right winger or left winger. And I was always the center, but then when it came to college and everything, I, we did the same thing. And okay. I was always just a forward because I was much fat. Like I was, my uh, speed was kind of my thing. And that was about, speed and playmaking at the time was, it was always my thing. So yeah. Being a defenseman really wasn't in my cards. Being that kind of small, either. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we Tyler <laughs> Piacentini's done pretty well for himself, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked to some other guys who, who really didn't have the size, but you know, they they ended up doing pretty well too. Um, yep. I, now, I usually hit up EliteProspects dot com for my info, and uh, the okay. earl, the earliest stats they have for you are from Curry College, but I did a little bit more digging and some more online stalking of you, and uh, <laughs> I, t- I turned up some, some nice highlights. Uh, okay, so you, you played with Dorchester, Massachusetts Youth Hockey. That team yeah. that team won their division. They won a state championship, then went to Houston and won a national championship. Uh, yeah, that was my final, that was my final year of uh... – of playing for Dorchester. We, uh, yeah, we end up having a really good team that end up producing like a first round, I think a first round draft pick, uh, multiple division one, division one college players. And yeah, we had a pretty stacked team that year and we end up running through our state and then end up going to Houston and just, <laughs> we won, we won that pretty handily. Oh. And it was, so that was, that was always nice, but we played, uh, Dorchester Youth Hockey, and then we, there was also like the All Star team that we had uh, the, jun- the Boston Junior Bruins, and okay. we won the state. For, and we didn't even try winning state for that because you can only go to the nationals for one team, and we all wanted to represent our hometown team instead of representing the Boston Junior Bruins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. Uh, your high school team was state runner up your senior year. Uh, yeah, we uh, we made a good run on the state tournament that year, and we end up. I think we end up losing by two. I think oh, one. I forget when it was, and that was the that was when I was. I was supposedly that's when I really kind of decided I was going to go to prep school was because I ended up playing well in that tournament in my whole senior year, and one of my coaches actually played for the Bruins at the time. Uh, not at the time, but he was done playing for the Bruins. And then he told me basically, you can't give this up now, and all of this because my dad's an electrician his whole life. Like he started in the electrical union when he was 18 years old, and basically I was going to become an electrician, and that's when that came about. And he was like, uh, maybe you want to continue playing, and then I decided to go to prep school. I went to Winchin Winchin School, and I did pretty well there. And then that's when I started getting college is starting to look at me and everything. So that's when I was basically, Hey, well, I guess hockey's my hockey's what I'm doing. <laughs> and I, so my dad said, he's like, yep. Ladders can wait. He's like, I'd rather you go to school. And I did that. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, you, you talking about college offers. You ended up going to Curry for four years, yep. uh, an alternate captain for three of those before we get into some more of those honors there. Uh, what what was your major while you were at Curry, and and why did you uh, pick that? Uh, mine was business. That's what I ended up doing. Uh, you know, it, it was just kind of figured if I I was trying to take like if, since I was going to school, I'd rather get if, if I was getting my education, I'd rather have something that I could fall back on. Mm-hmm. So business, it was kind of I never really liked accounting and all that stuff or criminal justice. So. I kind of just went with that. I was thinking marketing was going to what I was like to do, uh, sales and stuff like that. And so I figured that the business side of it would get that degree, and I could probably use that for other aspects of it. <laughs> uh huh. Well, while you were there, uh, you added to those stats that you've already had. You were Division Three New England Player of the Year. ECAC Northeastern Player of the Year as a junior, three-time All-League First Team. 
Uh, you led the nation in shorthanded goals and were inducted into the Curry College Hall of Fame here, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a... That was actually really cool. I never expected something like that to happen. I mean, the accolades that came, that was also had a lot to do with my line mates that I had because uh, when I went to Curry, Curry was kind of, I guess, a, a really bad program at the time. I think they only won four games before we got there, and they just got a new coach, and uh, the coach was Rob Davies, and he went to Boston University, and then he went on to play at in the AHL and then got like a really bad eye injury and he ended up becoming our coach and we were his first recruiting class. And the reason we all went there was because he basically said, right when we went there for our visit, he said, we'd be on the first line and we'd be playing, we'd be playing together. Me and my best friend, he said, you guys will be on the first line playing together the first shift of the game. And we were like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And so we both, we went there and then he scored the first game. Then I scored the second one, and then we kind of went on a run, and we never got broken up. And my third line mate was the same thing, and we all just stayed together. And we basically, our team just got better and better. And as we got better, our, more people wanted to start going there. And then by our junior year, I think our junior year ended up being our best team that we had because that's when we had, like, we were, like, ranked nationally in the in the country. I think we were seventh at one point. And that's where we just started playing really well. And it was just, it was a fun time for us because it showed that when we were from the bottom of the barrel to all of a sudden we became a very good program at that time. And now if you look at Curry, I mean, Curry's in like the top 15 or top 10 in the nation every year now. So it kind of was a good stepping stone for the school and for all of us to see the progress that happened. Yeah. So it was fun. There's been Havoc players that have come through Curry since then. I think they've got one or two. That uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that was always a cool thing. Is I would when I was playing here, or I would go when I went home and stuff. I would skate with like some of the guys and all that during the summer times and stuff like that. And they would always ask how how is it down there. And I was like, if you have the opportunity, go. <laughs> I was like, it's it's fun, and I was like, you'll love it. And I was like, it's worth it's worth a shot if you can do it, do it. And once my coach, like at the time, he was doing the same thing, and he was like, well, if he can do it, he's like, then why don't, why don't you guys try it? And he kind of used me as a example for some of the guys to take the opportunity to go do it, mm-hmm. which is always always fun to see guys that they went to Curry and. They play. They did come down and play. Whatnot. If I go to a game, I'd go talk to them or whatnot. Yeah. Just uh, even even guys from Boston and stuff. I'd go if I see them. Like and I know who they are or know they're from around my area. I'd go and introduce myself and stuff to them. So it was always it was always a good thing to see guys from home come down here. Yeah. And play. <laughs> well, from there. You go to the Fort Worth Brahmas for the 2005-2006 season. Was was that the last year for that team? Uh, yes, it was, I believe. Yeah, it was. Uh, we ended, I think they ended up folding after that. But mm-hmm. I was there for, from the training camp. I, cause I, I only got a tryout agreement to go there. And, and once I re- – like, I didn't really know too much about any of the – like, going to pro, like, and to the minors. I never really – I, I I was kind of just getting guidance from people. You know what I mean? Like, so I would skate with uh, Mike Sullivan, the coach from the Penguins. And I would skate with him and his brother, like in the summertime and everything. And he kind of was telling me, "Well, don't, don't oh, it's not, it's not like you're just signing contracts to do that." It's like I was like, "Oh, well, they asked me to do a tryout agreement." He's like, "That's sort of how it usually works." He's like, "You're just gonna go down there, just work hard and try making the team and all that." And so I wasn't really guaranteed a spot. And then during training camp, I played pretty well, and I, I learned pro hockey pretty quickly. I, right when I took my shield off, because <laughs> I never had I never had to play without a shield. I always had a cage on or something. And then the second practice, I got busted open for twelve stitches, and oh, he's wow. like, oh, well, <laughs> "Like, well, welcome, welcome to welcome to pro hockey." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, yeah." And like, I had a good coach at the time. It was Al Sims that played for the Bruins and everything, and he. 
obviously he knows the Boston area and he see me and they, uh, he was just like, Oh, so here a kid from Boston and all this. And he's seen after I got busted open and kept playing and all that. He just was like, Oh, I got a city kid with me. And, and luckily he kept me and I got to stay there most of the year until he got released. And then a new coach came in and they just wanted to bring in fighters to bring in fans and everything. So that's how I end up coming to the havoc. <laughs> okay. Well, I knew you finished out the year in Huntsville. So how, how did that yeah. transition come about? Uh, well, it was a guy that was on the team. Like right when they seen I got released from here, uh, from Fort Worth, they called and said, would you be interested in coming here? And I was like, man, it's the end of the year. It's like, I, I don't really know what's going on. He's like, well, you know, we're going for a playoff run. And he's like, uh, we have, I think it was like 10 games left in the season. And then uh, Gibby, <laughs> Coach John Gibson, called me and asked me if I'd be willing to come down and everything. And I I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to then. And then I came here, and then I think I scored. I think it was the first game, like, right when I got here. And then it was like I was on the same thing, like a five-game tryout agreement with them and just to keep our roster spots open. And then another five tryout agreement came just to keep me through the year here. And then we obviously lost in the playoffs, <laughs> but uh, I, I got a taste of what Huntsville was for those, those couple weeks. I mean, it was a little different because I didn't really know anybody on the team and I was kind of, I mean, I guess you could say almost secluded because it's like everybody was already friends with everybody. And then when I came here, it was like, I was basically looking to take someone's job, I guess. <laughs> and, it's not, I mean, that's, it's not a good way of looking at it, but it is the way it kind of goes. And once, uh, after the season was over, uh, Gibby called up and asked if I wanted to come back and I was more than happy to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had, and then I stayed for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> we had, we had him on the podcast last week and, you know, he got to talking about stuff and, um, but, you know, you talked about the habit going to the playoffs that year, and I got to you know looking at your stats. You you end up putting up more points playing in a th- in the third of the games here than you did in Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a it was a big difference. It was because uh, you know, like once I I was always, I mean, right when I started out the season, it was I was doing all right, but then it got to being like the ninth and 10th forward, not really getting opportunities. And I mean, it's not by coach's decision. I mean, I just maybe wasn't playing that well and all that. It's just, I was a different because from coming from college when I was putting up a lot of numbers to all of a sudden being more of a, you got to be more defensive and all this. It was a kind of a different game. And I had to learn, I, I, I had to learn the pro game and I never, got the confidence that I had in Fort Worth. Like I, I just, once I came here and I scored and put up a couple of points, I felt like my confidence was there and I had a step, a step ahead. And I just, I don't know, once my confidence came back, it helped out big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now we had uh, some of your teammates on some earlier episodes, uh, Jason DeGary, John Lounsbury and Luke Phillips. And John, John said when he made it to Huntsville, Luke asked him right away, are you any good? You know, and he said, I don't know how to answer that. I guess we'll, we'll find out. Uh, and, and you, you mentioned feeling kind of like the new kid on the block. What, what kind of, what kind of welcome did you, or reception did you get when you got here? Well, I do. I knew Lounsbury because Lounsbury started off at the training camp in Fort Worth with me. And one of his good friends was my roommate in college. So I kind of knew Lounsbury already. And so that was one one person that was, I knew to an extent. So I kind of hung out with him more or less. And Philly ended up being my roommate, but Philly was never never really around. <laughs> <laughs> he was always with some with us, uh, with the crew that he hangs out with and everything. But uh, it was and like the Gary was actually a really funny story about him was I ended up hitting some guy and knocked him down and. After I started putting up numbers to Gary, he's like, well, I think this guy's going to be sticking around. <laughs> so to Gary always tried defending his teammates because that's what he was always doing. And I ended up hitting somebody and the guy's skate came up and hit me in the nose. And my nose was a little bit blood, blooded up. And uh, 
DeGary came over and started punching that guy, thinking that guy did something. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, I got your back. Don't worry about it, man. I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so – I got I got introduced to the team pretty like pretty quickly, but I mean it was obviously everybody had their camaraderie with everybody, and it was just I, I grew into it pretty quickly. But it was just the first couple weeks, like the first two weeks or so, it was everybody was on pins and needles because I came in, and it's like I don't think anybody wanted to be really buddy buddy with me and all that either. <laughs> but <laughs> just because when you have a new guy come in towards the end of the season, there's the coach is bringing somebody in for a reason. And I think some players didn't like it. And some players didn't mind. like the older guys are probably like good. And some of the younger guys are probably like, Oh boy, I don't like this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> is it going to be me? <laughs> yeah. More or less. And that's, that's how it, that's how it all, that's how it always was. And every time that's, that's what it was with me in Fort Worth too. Right. When a new guy came, it was like, Oh boy, they're looking to replace me too. <laughs> you know? And so I, and I was like, what am I going to do after this? I'm in Texas, and I'm from Massachusetts. Like, what am I going to do from here? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, kind of on the on the subject of, you know, taking up for, for each other. I know you were a, a, a forward. You played the forward position on the team, but did you end up playing a particular role? I mean, were, were you a fighter? Were you an instigator? Were you a troublemaker? I, you know. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I was, I was there. I, I was lucky. Gibby was lucky enough. That, well, I was lucky enough. Gibby put me on uh, a line with James Patterson, and that's where I got to put up some numbers because <laughs> James Patterson was one of the best players around. And anytime he touched the puck, he said, "Just get open," <laughs> and, I, and that's all I tried doing. I just tried being the set. I just tried being a somebody on the uh, away from the play. And I mean, I would get in there, but I, I wouldn't be agitating. I wouldn't be trying to fight anybody. Cause I, I usually know what that was going to turn into It'd be <laughs> me getting me getting beat up most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I only got in a few fights, but nothing, nothing to write home about. We'll say that. <laughs> well, they, you know, Jason and John both talked to, and Luke talked about uh, the reputation that team kind of had for being, a tough team, you know, uh, yeah, not, not, yeah. not, not hesitating to throw the gloves down and, and go at it. Um, and no, they, they weren't, <laughs> they had a few guys, we had a few guys in our team that had no problem doing it. <laughs> and I guess you got to have those guys. Um, yeah, they loved them and they loved every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Phil, I know, I know Philly did anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from, from his, uh, uh, episode yeah. yeah i was like well, man he was just into it all the time yeah because so. i think it was my first my first full year here i think that's when he was like putting up like 44 fights a year and so i'm going oh god i don't know how you do this man <laughs> yeah and well, from what i remember i think he's he holds the record for the most penalty minutes in havoc history He's probably he's probably he's probably up there. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Him, 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 goose. But I don't know if that goose was his channel cast days that he has that. But I, I know, he, I know it's one of them too. <laughs> yeah, he's one we've got to get on here in the, in in a little while too. Um, yeah, goose is a goose is a nice guy. Is is there a you know speaking of fights and all and all that is is there a fight or maybe a play or some memory on the ice that that stands out uh from or or maybe more than one uh from your days here in huntsville or it doesn't even matter uh, if it's in huntsville it could be any of, any <laughs> of your playing days uh well i mean i I've, I've had a couple good like i mean i've had a couple hat tricks here that was always fun and all that but it's a the only thing I could ever go back to is I had a penalty shot that they put on YouTube that I have to I have to show my friends and everything at home every once in a while to remind them that I still had it because <laughs> they'd always they'd always tell me oh you're in the Myers oh all this stuff and so then I'd be oh what do you mean and then I'll pull up a video and then they they'd look at it and be like oh look at that and people would people would talk about it at home and <laughs> it, it'd be, that's probably one of my funniest memories just to bring up that I could at least show people. And, but, uh, I, I mean, it was always, always fun for me is when my, like my parents came down to watch or something and I got to score or had a good game or something like that. That was always my, 
my best parts about it was when somebody that I knew was around that could actually watch me play because they, they, it was very few and far in between is when your family could see you play mm-hmm. because of all the traveling and stuff. But I think one of the funniest stories was when we were doing a jersey auction with my grandfather. He was kind of <laughs> he was an old Irish Catholic guy, but he was kind of kind of deaf, I guess you can say. <laughs> he didn't hear it really. He was uh, so they're doing the jersey auction, and you know some of these jersey auctions can go for some big money. And I don't know which night it was, but it was a big. It was one of the big nights that they're going for like two thousand to three thousand dollars shirt, like jerseys and everything. And I'm holding up my jersey, and my grandfather keeps waving to me, and they keep naming numbers. And <laughs> so they're like, "Oh, like fifteen hundred. He's like, "Hey, Mike!" And he's waving to me, and I'm going, "Put your hand, put your hand down, like, like, put your hand down, would you?" Like my father's like grabbing him, like from the side, like "Put your hand down, Bucky." He's like, "He's like, you're gonna cost us a boatload of money." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but that was that was probably that's probably my funniest one of him being down here. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved every aspect of being down here until like the last year I was here. It was kind of tougher, but it was always, I always loved being down here. And obviously, I mean, I live down here now and my fiance is from here and everything. And so it's like, I, I spent my life down, half, half my life down here now, more or less. Yeah. Do you remember what, what the highest one of your jerseys went for? Uh, I I think it was probably. I think it was probably like the Melissa George nights. That was those big ones. I think it was like twenty twenty six hundred or something like that, right oh, around there. Okay. Because it was, I mean, Melissa George nights always a big night anyway for any jersey. Yeah. But that that like a St. Patty's Day jersey usually went pretty good for me because I was usually one of the biggest Irish names on the team, so people would bid on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, you know Melissa George nights coming up next weekend here. Yeah. Um, what What were some of your favorite? Uh, and and I'm assuming that that was one of your favorite theme nights. Uh, what, what were your some of your other favorite theme nights or, or theme jerseys? Uh well, see, we didn't have as many theme jerseys as they do now. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah, I think they have almost every weekend now. Yeah. But uh, St. Patty's Day was always a good one for us. Uh, military night was always a big one too. We always liked that one because the place would always be sold out. Uh, and Thanksgiving night was usually a pretty good one, too. Those were like the three good ones I always thought. We'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast. Time now for the Huntsville Havoc pick of the pack, a weekly spotlight from head coach Stuart Steffen. Buster Larson there, number 74, got him in a trade there back in December, and, you know, he's come in and helped out our offense here a little bit. Again, kind of something we were struggling with, but he's come in. I think he's right around a point a game, so he's definitely helped out in that aspect. And, you know, I think he's kind of been improving uh, every single weekend, too, and kind of put a line together there with uh, him, Dylan Stewart, Phil Alexander there, and they've kind of taken off, too. So, again, obviously a big body, has some really good skill, does a really good job of just kind of creating time and space for himself, and then does got some good finish around the net, so just trying to encourage him to you know, be more of a shooter. And I think he's uh, been, been a good addition for us here since December. The Recon Havoc podcast will be right back. Hey, pack rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood. But did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. Call 800-965-1298-800-965-1298-800-965-1298. That's 800-965-1298. Want to howl with the havoc this season? Now's your chance from Applebee's Tailgate Talk and the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Just go to wreakinhavoc.com and click on Howl with the Havoc to register and listen to Tailgate Talk on Saturday mornings as we announce the winners of Huntsville Havoc tickets. Howl with the Havoc this season from the Huntsville Havoc 
Tailgate Talk, and the Wreaking Havoc Podcast. This is Glenn Tulio, and you're listening to the Wreaking Havoc Podcast. Points versus goals. Does, does one carry one stat carry more weight than the other? Uh, no. No, a goal is one point, an assist is one point. Just add them together. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, as far as um, – <laughs> You know, when somebody's looking at your stats, I mean, uh, maybe a, a somebody's oh, looking yeah. at maybe picking you up or something. Uh, you know, uh, to, yeah, I guess I guess you can look at it in a way that if I mean, yeah, some people just have a knack of putting the puck in the net, and that, that's a little different than setting people up. I mean, obviously, there's you can tell by looking at people's numbers if you can see what type of player they are that if they do both, then it's kind of like the. I mean, for me, I try, I always try, I'd always have like the goal about, I always try getting 50 points. That was always like my goal was always try getting pretty close to the number itself. But I would always try having a kind of even balance. So it kind of showed you can do both. But then there's other guys that put up like just straight 30 goals and like four assists. So you know, that means they can just shoot the puck. And that's, that's their motto. That's all they do is they can just shoot. (laughs) And that's what they can do. But I, I always say, because I think if you have, in my aspect, my eyes, if you kind of have them split up, it's you're kind of an all-around player. Yeah. It's not just a one-dimensional, I'm just a goal scorer. You know, right. and that's not what you said. And I never wanted to be just considered, I'm just a goal scorer. Yeah. Wait, and, but but if but if it does come, believe me, I took every minute of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it is nice to, I mean, it does in a way goals do carry more weight in your in a lot of people's eyes because that's what they'll look at is oh, how many goals he score or whatnot. But for me, uh, yeah, I I mean goals like you said is even though they are the same goals do mean a little bit more. Yeah, and well, I guess it's what the team's looking for too. Um, oh, big time, yeah. Because um, there was guys that I played with. There was guys that I played with that put up just a bunch of assists. And that's all they do is just set up everybody. So it's like, I always try, like I said, it's when you try even it out, it's if you're going on certain, like if you're going on two on ones or three on ones or whatnot, if you're always a passer, then obviously the goalie starts to know that he's just going to pass the puck every single time. He's not going to be shooting. So that's why every once in a while you'd like to just fire one in the back of the net and be like, yeah, well, I can shoot too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you, you got to keep everybody on their toes a little bit. Right, right. Did you have any game day rituals, you know, things that you maybe just had to do in a certain order or a certain way or or whatever? Uh, not too much. I mean, I, I always, like, during, during, like, when I get dressed or something, I always put my left side on first. I just do that. And I'd always, when we were doing, like, the half moon shooting at the beginning of the game and everything, I would always be at the low, like the low corner of the post where the owners would sit, where Keith and Becky sit all the time. And I always go down that corner and I'd try to score from that angle. <laughs> and if I scored like from that angle, they'd go, oh, it's going to be a good night. If it wasn't, it was like, ah, like the goalie would, you know, because Carmi, our goalie wouldn't really move. He'd just stand in one spot for me. Yeah. And I'd try picking that one little spot. And if I hit it, it'd be like, oh, nice. This is going to be a good night for me. <laughs> that's what, it, that's, that would be like in my head, but it yeah. didn't always work out that way. But yeah, yeah. That was just one thing. It was just a confidence booster, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever, whatever helps, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever helps is right. <laughs> or, or what, whatever you think that helps. Um, and, yeah. and, and it's like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of the game is, is mental anyway. So, um, yep. what, what team did you enjoy beating the most while you were in Huntsville? Uh, you know, we've had some pretty good rivalries that we played against. It was always Knoxville and Columbus were always, uh, big ones that we like to play. Those are always, there were always two tough teams that we always, and there was always guys in that team that they all hit. <laughs> Every single time, there'd be a fight or there'd be something. You have to keep your head up. There'd be somebody coming flying at you. But those are, those games always seem to be the big ones for us, um, they, especially Knox, especially Knoxville. But it'd be always tough going into Knoxville and beating them because their rank was always smaller and they always had an advantage when you played when the, when you played there. So when we beat them there, or something that was always a big one for us. Okay. 
Knoxville seems to be a popular answer. <laughs> yeah, so. no, yeah, because then, for then, yeah, it was. It was always they always had one guy on their team that always scored, and you didn't even know. You just look at the score sheet at the end of the game. Like, how did he put up four points today? He didn't even recognize him tonight. It's like, what? The, what happened? <laughs> so, what are you doing these days? Uh, I work with SAIC. I do logistics. I'm a logistics analyst, uh, a government contractor. Okay, so you're not an, elect- yeah. an electrician. No, no. I end up <laughs> no. I end up getting into a, basically a completely different field. I guess you can say. I mean, I mean, I do, I do do a lot, like a lot of stuff when it came to my business side of it. I mean, with all the excels and all that, and I, I mean, with some sort of strategic management, I guess you can say that I have to deal with that. I mean, I guess my degree, in a way, kind of helped but not as much as I thought it was going to. Okay. I was wondering how much that degree helped. <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I deal with a lot of military stuff, so it, it's like military doesn't really, in the business field, didn't really come in. Because I don't do any, I, I basically just support the, the troops, I guess you can say. Yeah. Support the soldiers that are on ground in different countries and stateside and whatnot. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Do you get to many games these days? Uh, I actually, I went to one, I actually went to the one last weekend, uh, the shootout that went into like 10 rounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I went to that one. That was my first game I've been to in about a year and a half. I didn't go, I didn't go to any last year, but I usually try to get to like two to three. Yeah. They okay. usually do. Okay. Depending if I, but usually I'll try going with a group of people and I, I, I like going to the games to an extent cause I like going to watch the games. But if I end up going to the game, you end up talking most of the time, which because <laughs> then you'll end up seeing people like I'll see somebody right when you walk in, then you'll miss the first 10 minutes of the first period. And you're like, oh, man, I missed yeah. that because <laughs> yeah. you end up because you end up reminiscing about all the people that you have uh, taught like that you're friends with, that you talk to and fans that were there that that always like went out of their way for you. And I always tried going out of my way for them, too, if, like because like Gibby told us before, like these people are what the fans are what make you guys as special as Huntsville is. You know what I mean? So anytime a, a, like a kid now it's, now it's pretty funny is when the kids were, when I was playing and much younger, now you see them and they're like 21 years old and stuff. You're like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh where I always tried being very respectful to all the people that were respectful to me. And it was always just a, a kind of like Gibby like said to us, you know, it's, just treat them as well as you possibly can because like, like he, he did say, if you don't, then he'll, he'll tell you to get the, get the hell out of here. You yeah. don't need you. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> He's like, cause it's, it is, I mean, it is the minor leagues and it is, it, the fans of what make this team. I mean, obviously it's been going for 20 years now. I mean, if it wasn't for the fans, obviously this team wouldn't be going for that long. And that's why I always loved everything about this place. It's because when you'd go to a game, it, it could be a Thursday night game. It could be a Sunday or whatever. It didn't matter. There was going to be a bunch of people at the game regardless. And when you go to other game, other towns, like we go to other teams in like Orlando or Jacksonville, we have to play and there'd be 200 people there. And it's like, Oh, that's all. <laughs> like, that's how we have the warmups like, before we're even on the ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, it was always fun. Cause, like, I, I don't know if I would have played as long as I did if I didn't if I didn't play in Huntsville because of that aspect. Because it always made it, every game here more exciting to play in front of a big crowd. Yeah, and I even in college, I never really had big crowds like that. And so this was obviously the biggest crowd I have really ever dealt with. <laughs> like, so it was always fun playing and hearing like you score and the whole place go like, go bananas and. That was always fun, so that's why I love this place. Yeah, and uh, man, this year the the sellouts are coming fast and furious too. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> I seen that that they were pro. They had the break, like breaking records and stuff. Yeah. It looks like they're probably going to break another one this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it seems like they, it seems like they, it seems like they just uh, it's like the home run record. It just keeps going higher and higher, and it seems like they just keep capitalizing on what they're yeah. doing. They just yeah. keep getting better and better. <laughs> and there's and that, no, that has a lot. There's no. I think that has a lot to do with Keith and Becky too. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like they they put a lot into it, and they always have. And I know I, 
they treat all their like all their players and staff and with the utmost respect. And I, I just they're always nice to me, and it was always a pleasure to hang out with them. And even after now playing, when I do see them, I haven't seen them in a couple of years now because I don't really go and down to the boxes and go walk around or anything. But when I do see them, it's always nice to see them and. Usually give a thank you here and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, you're talking about the home run record, and there's no steroids involved in this either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to the part of my interview that I call my puck out of play questions. They're just, they're unrelated to hockey. Well, initially they're unrelated. Sometimes they get back to hockey, but. Um, okay. And I might should have given you a heads up because these kind of take people by surprise whenever I get to this. But <laughs> so oh, boy, it, <laughs> I mean, it's just like favorite this, favorite that. So, um, yeah. all right. So we'll talk. We'll start off. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Uh, you know, I have, I don't really even watch movies as much anymore. But I always go back to the comedies. I. I I had, I guess, like Dumb and Dumber and stuff like uh, Zoolander and uh, like Austin Powers movies. I always think those are always pretty funny. Like Caddyshack, I love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, like, I, I love. I, I, I love all. I like all like comedies is more of my favorite movies. I mean, I like. I guess you'd say like Black Mass, like that's a more recent one. I kind of like that movie just because it's from Boston and it's the Mystic River. I like those movies. Okay. But the, 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 yeah, I mean, I kind of have a a wide range of stuff I'll watch, but comedy is always my favorites to really watch. Okay. And Happy Gilmore, you get hockey and golf. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. as far as well, all right, what about favorite TV show or maybe what you might be streaming? Uh, uh, TV show is by far is definitely Seinfeld is my favorite show. I could sit and watch that show for hours. As I come home from work and it's on TBS or something, I'll I'll just turn that on. I can always watch. I, I can know. I can basically quote all them episodes <laughs> while they're playing and. Anytime he's about to say something, I know what's getting said, and I'll still laugh. And I'll, I, I don't know. I just think the I think Seinfeld is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And I I also I love Kirby Enthusiasm too. I think that show's awesome too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Favorite food. Favorite food. Uh, I like steak tips. Is always my go-to. I love steak tips. Okay. Uh, steak tips and mashed potatoes, and I also love like meatloaf. I love that too. <laughs> All right. Can you give us some Mike O'Sullivan trivia? Something that maybe not a lot of people know. Uh, it doesn't have to be embarrassing. It could be if you don't mind passing it along. <laughs> but, uh, trivia. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, actually, I got one funny, just one funny okay. thing for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, for, it was uh, well, I was always number fifteen. Well, when I first got here, I was number twenty-five, <laughs> and then I once I came here for my second, third year, I was number fifteen, and then five. Then my last year, I was changed. I changed to number three, and that's when Billy McCreary got number fifteen. And usually, when they always, you know, like professional athletes, always trade their numbers, and they always look for compensation and everything. So I. My compensation was Billy. Billy had a dog that just had a litter of puppies, uh, pit bull puppies, and he was like, "What do you want for number 15? I was like, "He goes, I'll give you fifty bucks on a dog." Uh, I said, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did. I got a new dog. I got a brand, a six week year old pit bull. I named her Naley after Cam Naley because he was my favorite hockey player, and I I try. I, Traded my number for fifty bucks on a dog <laughs> to oh, Billy wow. McCreary, <laughs> so that, that's how Billy got number fifteen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then that's a, and then that's when he became the biggest rat in the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you had already changed numbers, I guess, at least once already, anyway. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because number three, number three was my number in college, and that's what I, once I was doing. Once I was fifteen here, I was fifteen for a while. So then. 
when Billy wanted 15 because it ran in his family and everything. He's like, he knew he was going to be here for a little while. So he's like, I, I kind of want that number because, you know, it means something to me and all this. And I'm like, all right, no problem. I'll go back to three because Jay DeGary was number three. Yeah. And he wasn't there anymore. So I was like, okay, well, three's available. I'll take three. And you could take 15. So I, I traded for a dog at 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there again, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. well, that to, well, that ended up being my last year here. So I don't know if it really worked out too well. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> Now my numbers went. My numbers went down that year, <laughs> in more ways than one. Then, <laughs> yeah, oh, big time. Yeah. Good one. Well, now what? Uh, that last year, did did you have an injury uh, or something? Uh, well, we got a new coach in, and the new coach just—I just basically became. He, we brought in uh, basically. He brought in a bunch of new guys, and surprisingly, that. That team that he like he was a guy that was sort of from he wasn't from Boston area, but he knew a lot of Boston guys, and he like I think he coached up there, and actually a lot of Boston guys were on that team that year. I think we had like five or six guys from that area on the team, and he put basically all those guys were put right in my spot, and I was like the tenth forward, and I just never really played that much, okay. And then it was I wasn't producing, and but without with limited ice time, it is pretty tough to produce and all that. So it it just oh, we're gonna have to make a move. And okay. I didn't. I skated. I skated and everything that morning, like the that Monday morning. And then all of a sudden, a guy, one of my buddies that were on our team before, called me up and said, "Hey, you're on waivers." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I had no idea. And then I got a phone call from the coach. Like 15 minutes later, he's like, oh, I had to put you on waivers. I was like, yeah, I already found out. <laughs> like, I had like, he, he didn't even tell me he put me on waivers. I found out through one of my friends on another team and asked if I wanted to go play there next. <laughs> so that's when I ended up going to Richmond. Okay. Okay. Did Did you ever so, feel like you might want to coach? Uh, no, no. I never, never crossed my mind, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I mean, I, I didn't mind going to like, like, I don't mind going and, Helping, like, because I, I did that with hockey academies at home. I'd coach, like, skills stuff. I'd do that, but I'd never want to be happy behind the bench. Too much, too much responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. all, and I, and I just know how the atmosphere, how hockey is changing, and and especially with youth hockey now, it's I don't want to have to deal with all the parents and all that. So it's. Now, if it was if, if I had a child that was playing or something, then that'd be maybe a little bit different. But I don't know about doing doing the old getting yelled at by parents about playing time and all that because my dad would always tell me when I, if you weren't playing, there's a reason you're not playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's just how I was brought up. But then now it's it's not really like that anymore. It's supposed to everybody's supposed to be playing the same amount of time, and that's a little different and. I just know I I couldn't do it. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, John Lounsbury I was talking to that uh, talked about an incident where his his daughter's team was playing, and the parents just got so nasty with the referee they made her cry, oh, and yeah, she quit. <laughs> she quit during uh, the game. So, yeah, I know he. I know he does coaching like now to uh, like skills and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think he works with Adam Oates or something. But yeah, I, I he's he's into a different aspect of the coaching. He's doing more skills, I think. But I yeah, I, I could do skills stuff, but I I don't think I'd want to be coaching teams and setting up game plans and all that stuff because there's a lot more to it than just especially how I played as like, Oh, I'd like to run it this way, but that may, that might not work all the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can see, like, but, but I, it's fun. Like when I go to the habit games and stuff and I'll watch them, I, I can sit there and I could be like, Oh, he got to call a timeout here. Like he got to do this. So he should do this. And uh-huh. then it don't work. It don't work. And it works out the way I said it. I'm like, uh, I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, it's like a fan, exactly how like you're like looking at the TV, watching football games. Like 
call a timeout, do this, do that. Like <laughs> this coach, this coach is terrible. What is he doing? <laughs> like, like, and that's and that's the same thing. As I, I look at it as I'm a fan more than anything uh-huh. of of watching it, and it's just I I would like to put myself in the shoes like while you're watching, but I, I wouldn't want to be that person making that decision. Yeah, by no means. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but, you know, you're different than a lot of fans. You know, at least you've got some background knowledge to how things yeah. go or why things go, you know. And, I mean, the the, the VBC is full of coaches <laughs> up in the stands. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's how it was. I go into the game, too, last week, and they're like, shoot. I'm like, oh, this, no, no, don't stop yelling that. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. So, like. They're setting up a power play. Like, hold on, they, they gotta get, they gotta get, they gotta get this set up before they're shooting the puck. Like, but no one like understand, especially down here. It's, I mean, now they're like when they're a lot more knowledgeable now with the hockey mm-hmm. because it used to be everybody just showed up to games just to watch fights. That's right. what <laughs> yeah. it was, and and now it's not the game. Now isn't like that. You're lucky to see a fight if it happens, and. I always liked the. There was a fight here and then, like a, a heavyweight wouldn't go at each other. It's like, okay, well, you knew it was coming. Like that was always that was fun to watch all the time. But I always think they fight when it like the spare of the moment thing happens when you know like a guy's wires cross, like and it's like it's to the middle of a play, you know, something like that. But you don't expect it to happen, and then it happens. It's like, okay, well, you know why that happened. It's like that guy just got sticked in the stomach or got stuck somewhere, and he didn't want to get stuck in. <laughs> That's so that's where this comes about, and it's it's always fun to see a guy that you're not used to seeing fight, and all of a sudden he's like, okay, well this happens, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, because it's not play, it's, it's not like it's not like they're saying there's planned fighting or any of that, because obviously when there's heavyweights, there's and you have a sold out crowd like Philly, like when he'd be fighting a guy from Knoxville, he'd, he'd be like at the beginning of the game, like, hey, we got a sold out crowd tonight, let's go. He goes out, and when we go to your place, I'll go with you. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. So it's like kind of an understanding between them, but when you you have two guys going that just something just happens, it happens. It's that I think that's a lot more. The it shows more pat like it's a lot more passion in it when it happens. You know, yeah. It's just because you know, like when the play happens and a goalie or gets stuck or whatnot, and then it's you see me going after a guy. It's like why is he going after him? It's like well, he's doing it for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And usually it wasn't me going after him, but it was, it was like, I guess I think I got a few fights that I was there, but one maybe lasted like eight seconds because the guy just hurried up and buried me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> something like that. And it's, it's, and it's like, wait, why did it? And then it's like, why'd that happen? It's like, wait, who, who fought? It was like, well, I was selling that fought. It's like, what? <laughs> Why did he get in a fight? <laughs> you know I mean? like, it's just like a shock, the shock, shock atmosphere. It's like, what? Sully <laughs> like, never fights. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, do I see a, why do I see a five next to him in a penalty? Like, he should be fighting. Like, but, but that was always, that was, that's what I think is pretty funny about it. But it's like, now it's when you go to the games, like it's, it's a lot more guys that are just a lot more skilled and the fighting that I mean has gotten getting out of the game to an extent, but you still do need it, I believe. Just because it does they do you do police yourself on the ice. I mean, refs can only do so much and you gotta keep people accountable and stuff like that. And I mean if you took it away completely, it's just everybody running around like madmen just killing everybody. <laughs> and that's not good either because <laughs> yeah. then that's how people do get people do get hurt yeah speaking and of get so, hurt you you talking about the refs i mean some folks wonder well why don't they go ahead and break it up well i mean i guess they're kind of wanting to let the guys yeah. uh, get a little i don't know wear <laughs> out just a little bit you know so so they don't get hurt yeah let, the, yeah, <laughs> let them settle it down i mean but it's funny it's like because I, I i seen the guy the other night get sticked in the face and you know he, his mouth was bleeding and everything and then you hear a fan, you know, suck it up, like, suck it up. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see you get stuck in the face and say, and then be like, oh, yeah, how'd that feel? Like, like, it's not comfortable. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, people are yeah. more more comfortable. They get brave up there in the stands or behind their <laughs> behind their computer monitors or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's it's yeah. I, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, but like you, like I said before, if it wasn't for those people that are yelling out there, I mean, it wouldn't have made this place as fun as it was. You know, yeah. I always had a pleasure always playing it. And I mean, it's, you never wanted to take a game off when you're playing at home because these people, the, the fans, would always be cheering for you no matter what. So that's why I loved every minute of it here. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you stepping in here at at the. Uh... 11th hour i was kind of starting to wonder if i was going to be able to to round somebody up for this week and uh so uh, i'm glad you were you were available and and willing to help me out what we would like to do is uh maybe see if we could do like a group visit where maybe we get you know two or three guys from the same that were on the same team or played together to just kind of Reminisce. Yeah, that, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'd be pretty pretty funny because then you'd get guys telling a lot more stories. Yeah, because then once one guy stops talking about, it, the other guys can pop in. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like that. And then, yeah, and say, okay, well, this is going okay. Then, yeah, okay, we'll lead in, We'll we'll go into this one. Okay, we're bringing this one up. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Have a good one. That was former forward Mike O'Sullivan. We'll be back with more of the Reekin' Havoc podcast. Reekin' Havoc and Applebee's Tailgate Talk give you the chance to howl with the Havoc and win tickets to see the Huntsville Havoc in action. Go online to reekinhavoc.com and click on Howl with the Havoc to enter your name. Then check our website or the Reekin' Havoc Facebook page as we post the winners. The Reekin' Havoc podcast. In June of 2005, our twin girls were delivered, Melissa and Ann Catherine, and they were born 14 weeks early. Amy and Chris George talk about the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund. They both weighed less than two pounds. Ann Catherine was 115 and Melissa was 19. Melissa lived for a couple of hours, but all of the medical technology in the world just could not have saved her. And she passed away while she was in the NICU. Chris realized pretty early that God had given us a platform that we could use to try to help people. So Chris and I started the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund at Huntsville Hospital. To know that Melissa's name is living on, we, her legacy continues. And I think that was very important to Amy and I is why you know, the fund is named after her. Because for seven weeks, you know, Melissa fought so that Aunt Catherine had a chance to live. And uh, I think that we wouldn't be doing her name any justice if we didn't carry on because we know we wanted to honor her and honor her legacy and the community Huntsville Havoc, the community in Huntsville itself, they've rallied around that and it's been a wonderful support system for us and I think for a lot of families too when they see total strangers that are are giving. We're online at HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. Click on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund and you can give that way. There's no donations too small and, and every dollar is just as important as the next one. And if you're giving, then we understand you're giving because you care. And that's what's important is that we've learned over the years that people give because they care. And you can volunteer. If you're interested in that, you can click on the volunteer tab to fill out an application. We are grateful for any type of support because we know that once we pull those dollars together, we can do big things. For more information on the Melissa George Neonatal Memorial Fund, visit HuntsvilleHospitalFoundation.org. This is Billy McCreary, and you're listening to the Reekin' Havoc Podcast. Huntsville announced the signing of defenseman Craig McCabe prior to this weekend's trip to Peoria. McCabe played 32 games with the New Jersey Junior Titans of the NAHL, putting up 11 points, then collegiately at Division III SUNY Fredonia, appearing in 68 games and posting 19 points. Like I said, the team is in Peoria for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games. The Havoc is 3-1 and one against the Rivermen and 5-7 and seven overall in road games so far this season. Peoria is 10-1 and one at home. Huntsville sits at the fifth spot in the SPHL with the Rivermen at number three. Be aware of the VBC's clear bag only policy for Havoc games. This includes no clutch purses, fanny packs, and diaper bags. Exceptions to the policy will be made for all medically necessary items after proper inspection. For more information, plus a list of prohibited items, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and under the Fan Zone tab, click Security. Also keep in mind that the VBC is a cashless venue. Concession stands or bars will not accept cash, although you can use it at the Havoc merchandise stands and at the Chuckapuck table. 
Remember, if you're a season ticket holder, doors will open at 5.30 p.m. and remain open until puck drop. You can enter through the doors in the hallway adjacent to the Havoc front office and the VBC box office. Download the official Huntsville Havoc app for your iOS or Android device or at HavocRewards.com and start winning and earning points today. The Recon Havoc Podcast. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-731-1467. 800-731-1467. 800-731-1467. That's 800-731-1467. For tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReconHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast. <laughs>